Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. Uh, welcome to the new episode of the Miles Hype Pod. This is Miles Monroe Jr. I'm your host. As you know, on the pod, our goal and vision is to always entertain, educate, and elevate you miles high above your fears, your doubts, and any limitations that you may think exist, always knowing that those limitations only exist in your mind. All right. Um, I have a great pod today. I, 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 last week's episode, um, we spoke about how to rebuild, and I had a a guest on, uh, Miss Laree Tynes, and she was telling us her story. And I just felt that, uh, you know, I was so inspired by what, what our discussion was about um, and that I, I wanted to expand on a little bit of, about what we discussed um, on this particular episode. Uh, I think a lot of times, you know, we're faced with those challenges in life, those crisis times and you know, as we discussed last week, you know, we, we there, there are there are things that we really have to just grin and bear, right, and just go through it. Um, you know, I've said numerous of times that our life our life is filled with uh, seasons, right? We have great seasons, we have high seasons, we have low seasons, we have seasons of happiness, we have seasons of sorrow, we have seasons of of success, and we have se- seasons of failure and. You know, it's just a part of life. It's a journey of life. And uh, I kind of wanted to expand on uh, what we were talking about today. And the topic that I wanted to talk about specifically today is what do you have? Uh, it's a question that I, I think each of us should ask ourselves when we're in a position of crisis or in a moment where we don't know what tomorrow or the next step is going to look like. Right. We're just at our, at our wits end. And it seems like we don't have any of the answers. I want you to ask yourself, what do, what do I have? Right? Ask yourself, what do I have? You know, when I was a boy, when I was younger, much younger, um, I traveled a lot with my dad. My dad was, as you know, a speaker, a motivational speaker, a pastor, and he traveled quite a bit. And I had the opportunity to travel with him. And... Uh, at a very young age, I'd say probably around the age of eight, nine, ten years old, you know, when I traveled with my dad, he would um, invite myself and my sister on stage uh, to greet the audience. Now, my dad spoke from in front of an audience, and and the number of the persons in the audience, you know, would range from a hundred people to ten thousand people. Right? Uh, it was a large. Uh, a large, it could be a large number of, of persons in the audience, could be a smaller number of persons in the audience. But I was a very introverted and shy individual, especially when I was young, right? I had, um, I didn't have panic attacks, but I was super anxious, like when I were, was in the front of crowds and definitely when I had to speak, um, I guess became anxious and there was this nervous, nervousness about me. And, you know, my dad would just be like, yo, you know, I want to welcome my family. He would tell us to stand. More, most times than not, he would tell us, you know, to come up to the stage. And he would shove a mic in our faces and we would have to say something, you know. So for the first hundred times, you know, I would be like super nervous. Like I remember sometimes I would visibly be shaking and it, 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 was, it just wasn't a good feeling for me, right? And I, I, know, I remember I used to tell my dad, like, look, you could introduce us, right? But you don't have to call us on, on the stage. You don't have to ask me to say anything. You know, I was much more comfortable just standing up, you know, waving my hand, saying, 
hello to the crowd and you know just sitting down and you can continue on with what you uh what you were going to say and you know very sel- seldomly he would listen <laughs> but the majority of the time uh he would definitely ask us to stand up uh come on stage and he would shove a mic in our faces uh, so after a while you know i'd say maybe after about 50 100 times of that you know having this nervous anxiousness about me and just being like man i don't know what i'm going to say and after fumbling a lot of times over my words early on and feeling like i wasn't making any sense after i left the stage i started to prepare myself right so i i started to just say all right you know this is something that my dad is going to do anyway i might as well just you know in the Bahamas, we say cheapest, cheapest, we just prepare, right? Cheapest, I just prepare myself. So I would go uh, and I would rehearse, like recite, go in my head what I want to say. Um, and after a while, I, I, I didn't become uh, confident about, you know, I, well, I wouldn't say I didn't become confident. I didn't become super confident about like what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. But I did become like, a bit more at ease when the moment came, right? Because I was a little prepared. And after continuously doing that, you know, we, we did that, you know, let's say I started at the age of eight, you know, I did that up until, man, <laughs> until my dad passed, to be honest, right? Almost almost 30 years old. So you could imagine that amount of time I had practicing and preparing to say something in front of a large, a large crowd, right? And I'm naturally an introverted person and actually a shy person. So I had to really come out of my shell. I had to really um, uh, practice and build up the confidence in myself to be able to do this on occasions, right? To, to, to where now I'm able to be a lot more confident speaking in front of crowds, right? I'm still that introverted, still that shy person even now, um, uh, but I'm a lot more comfortable, a lot more confident in the public. And I have my, my dad to thank for that, right? Because um, I hated it. I, I really hated him bringing us up on stage, bring, asking us to say something, uh, but it definitely made me better, right? Um, I'm grateful for how he threw me into the fire and I had to figure it out. And that's kind of what, uh, what we have to go through sometimes, right? Sometimes life tells us and demands that we must go through this fiery process or this fiery journey so that we can come out on the end better prepared um, and, and, and better positioned for the next step, the next level. And I think all of those years of um, going through that, that torture chamber of having to be uncomfortable and being, being comfortable being uncomfortable, it definitely prepared me for where I am now and what I'm doing now and why I'm so comfortable not only just um, doing this and speaking in public, but comfortable in sharing a lot of the things that I share, a lot of my experiences and a lot of the principles that I'm able to share with you. Um, when we don't see a way out, right? When we're in these crisis positions and, and we don't see things, um, we don't see how we're gonna get out of them. We, we don't see how things are gonna look on the other, other end of uh, this journey. We have no option but to look inward, right? We have to look at what is it that, what, what, what am I going to do, right? What, what is it that I have? What, is it, what, what, what skills do I have? What, uh, what gifts do I have? What talents do I have on the inside that I can use 
to get me out of this 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 rut, right? I can remember when my parents passed, um, and I was like completely thrown for a loop. Didn't have any idea of what the next steps were. Um, I was in church, right? I, I, I was in church on a Sunday, and the pastor was speaking, and this word came to me, this, this word of what do you have? Um, and I guess remember this, this, this phrase just keep repeating in my head, what do you have, what do you have? And didn't really understand what it meant at the time, but as I took time to reflect on it over the next couple of months, and really started to study the word and, and kind of pray about it, um, God started to reveal himself to me. And, you know, those moments where we're going, or those moments where we're at our, we're at our lowest of lows is the, are the times when we, we need to dig a little deeper, right? We need to focus on what it is that we are supposed to get out of this particular season in our life, right? And that's what I wanted to kind of discuss today. The, the, at those lowest moments, those times where you don't see a way out, you don't understand what's going on, uh, you know, like our guest last 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 uh, episode, she lost everything, right? She lost her businesses, she lost her homes. They had to relocate to another place that they haven't lived in in like many years, and they had to figure it out. They had to to uh, to do things or to 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 start to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think what, what she did is exactly what the, is the question that I'm asking you to ask yourselves today. What do you have? She knew she, had, she, could, she still had the skill of being an interior designer and building the networks that she had, right? She had family and friends and everyone that was around her, um, and especially those that was still supportive and, and wanted to engage with her to make sure that her and her family could make it out on the other end. Uh, and that's what she started to do. She slowly started to... Uh, build into the process of understanding what she had, right? Uh, but there are two things that we need to focus on um, when we're asking ourselves that question of what do we have. So when you're in uh, this dire position, this dire state, and you don't understand uh, what the next steps are, what you're going to do, how is how am I going to get out of this situation, right? Uh, and you ask yourself, what do you have? There are two things that, two, two things you need to focus on. The first is you need to learn to be obedient. And the second is you need to have faith. Obedience and faith during these times, these moments, are, utmost of, are of utmost importance. Um, it reminds me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it to the good book. You know, like I say all the time, there is nothing that we can experience in life that is going to... Uh, not prepare us and not propel us uh, through any seasons in our life, right? Because there is nothing new under the sun and everything that we've experienced or are going to experience has already happened and the answer for it is in the good book, right? So I, I want to take us to 1 Kings chapter 17. Uh, I'm going to start at verse 8, right? And this is, I'm not going to go through or read this entire verse. I'm just going to kind of summarize, but I want to give you the general principles behind obedience and faith. And when, you're, when you feel like you're in moments, of, uh, moments of, of uncertainty and you don't know what the next, where the next uh, blessing is gonna come from, where the next meal is gonna come from, where the next paycheck is gonna come from, uh, the thing that we need to ask ourselves is, what do I have? You know, what, what is it that I possess? What are the resources that I have access to? What do I have that I can use 
<laughs> in this season. Um, so in this story, 1 Kings 17, and then uh, this story takes place from verses 8, verses 7 to 16. And it's about Elijah and the, wid the widow lady, right? And she had her son. Um, they were on their, their last meal, right? The last bit of oil and the last bit of flour that she had. And she told herself that she was going to prepare this last meal for her son, her and her son. They were going to eat it and then they were going to die. She, she literally told herself this. Meanwhile, Elijah was someplace else in another town and, and the Holy Spirit came to him, God came to him and told him that he wanted, to, he wanted him to go to this particular town and that he was going to prepare a lady to feed him, right? To prepare meals for him. So here it is, right? There's this lady in this town who, in her mind and in her heart, she is saying, <clears throat> this is all that I have left. I have a, a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. I'm going to make this last meal for my son and myself, and then we're going to die. But on the, other, on the other spectrum, you know, God himself is telling the prophet Elijah that I'm going to send you, I want you to go to this town, and I'm going to send you to that particular lady. And she is going to prepare a meal for you and be able to feed you while you're there. Right. So, you know, in a, that in and of itself, right, God is always working on our behalf, regardless of where we feel we are, what we the situations that we're in, no matter what, what we can see with our eyes, right, our physical eyes. Uh, he's always working on our behalf. Right. So Elijah went to the town, uh, saw the lady when um, he uh, walked through the gate, asked her for a drink of water. She obliged and was getting him a drink of water. And then he asked for a piece of bread or something to eat. And she told him, like, look, I don't have much. You know, I only have this last bit of oil and last bit of bread, uh, last bit of flour that I was going to, to make this meal for me and my son. We were going to eat it, then we were going to die. So I don't, I don't have any extra to give to you. And Elijah was like, okay, that's fine. You know, do as you say. But first, bring me uh, a portion, the first portion of the meal that you cook. Um, and he told her that, the, look, because the Lord said that, you know, he was going to provide, make provisions for, uh, for you to, do, to be able to do what I say. Um, and that's where obedience kicks in, right? So imagine knowing that you physically only have a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour, right? And this guy that you meet is coming to you. You don't know him from a can of paint. And he comes to you and says, you know, I want you to prepare a meal for me, right? Almost sounding selfish, right? Because you're, you're telling him that you don't have enough for him, because you only have enough for you and your family uh, for one last meal, right? And he's saying, yeah, okay, I hear you, but I still want you to prepare a meal for me. You know how much obedience, you know how obedient you need to be in that moment and how much faith you have to have to be like, okay, if he's saying this, if he's asking me to do this, I'm going to obey um, and I'm going to do as he says. Even though I don't understand what's going on, I, I, don't, I don't understand how this is going to work or how this is going to happen, but I'm going to uh, be obedient. I'm going to have faith. And she did so. And, you know, the Lord blessed what she had. And she was able to feed uh, the prophet Elijah, to feed her son, uh, and feed herself, you know, for the entire time that Elijah was there. And it just shows that, you know, God always provides and God always makes provisions. The second story I want to take us to is 2 Kings, right? 2 Kings chapter 4. And we're going to start at verse 2, right? And this is. The story about the prophet Elijah, right? And Elijah 
uh, ran into a there, there was a woman whose husband had recently died, right? And um, she was distraught and uh, very uneasy because her, her husband died and the entire family was left in debt. Right, she had a her husband had a bunch of creditors, and even though he passed, they had no remorse. They wanted to be paid for the debt that they were owed. So, you know, she uh, spoke to the prophet Elijah, and she told him, you know, my husband died. I was left with all this debt. Um, you know, I need help. I, I don't know what to do. Right, and Elijah pretty much asked her, you know, how can I help you? Right, and the questions he said was, tell me, what do you have? Right. And she told him, you know, I don't have anything, she said. This is verse, uh, verse 2. Elijah replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at, at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. So, again, you know, she was asked, what do you have? And what she thought was an insignificant amount of oil was the one thing that was able to save uh, save her and her family and really propel her uh, out of the uh, the situation that she was in right Elijah told her Elisha told her to uh, go around to her neighbors right <laughs> and he said to go and collect jars uh, large jars from all of your neighbors right so, so this is another good point here right so he asked her what she had she told him that she had, she only had uh, this little bit of oil in a jar, right? And this is this is a good also to point out that even though what you think you may have is is insufficient or insignificant, there are persons around us, people that love us, that care for us, and that want us want 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 to help, right? But they may not know how to help, uh, and I think the onus is on us to to go and ask for it, right? You approach them, like Elijah told this lady to do, go to your neighbors and ask for jars of, uh, empty jars, right? Large empty jars. And he said, you know, don't just ask for a little bit, right? Ask for a lot. If you can get all the jars in their home, get all the jars in their home. And, you know, you, you again, imagine just telling someone that, you know, all you have is this little bit of oil, right? I don't have anything else. And he says, okay, with that little bit of oil, I want you to go around to, uh, your neighbors, right? The persons that you live around and borrow as many jars from them as you can borrow, right? First of all, she not only had the oil, right? And she, she only recognized that she had the oil, but she also had friends and family that were around her. Sometimes we, we take for granted the people that are around us, right? Because people are resources as well. Um, not only our physical resources, not only the gifts and talents that we have, but people as well. So when you're asking yourself, uh, what do I have? You have to count, account for the network that you are in, the social environments that you are in, the families and friends that you have, because they are important too. And they can be a large, uh, pro, uh, a large proponent to you being successful in making it out of the situation that you're in, right? So she went around her and her sons and they got all the jars, as many large jars as they could have gotten. And, you know, he told... Uh, Elisha told her once she gets the jars to go into their home, uh, put all the jars in there and close the doors and then start pouring the oil that they had, the little jar of oil that she said that she had, pour those into the, in, into the large jars, right? So she began pouring and the, the oil just kept flowing, right? The oil kept flowing and they were able to fill every jar that they were able to receive from their neighbors, 
right? And she even got to the point where she asked her sons, yo, bring another jar. You know, we, we, this, we, all of these are full. I need more that I can fill up. And her sons was like, yo, these are all the jars that we got. We filled up everything. And at that moment, the oil stopped, right? So again, whatever situation that you're in, right? How, no matter how dire or how drastic um, the circumstances, uh, the question that we should always be asking ourselves is what do we have? What are the gifts and talents that I have? What are the uh, resources that I have access to? Or what are the people and friends, the family and friends, the persons that are around me in my environment, in my neighborhood, at my, at my church? Who, who are these individuals who I can go to and ask for help, right? And, you know, you may have to swallow your pride to do these things. You know, a lot of us are very prideful, right? We don't want people to know a lot of the situations that we're going through, uh, a lot of the things that we encounter as human beings in our life. Um, and in asking people for help, you know, sometimes we find it a bit difficult because we'll have to let people into our situations and into our business and, and be honest about it, right? But, you know, that's a part of the process and that, that, that's a part of what God wants us to do or what we need to do, not even what God wants us to do, a part of what we have to do in order to be obedient, right? And step out on faith. Um, and, you know, one, I think once we do that, once we obey those two principles, uh, we're able to defy logic, right? Because the, the, the things that we're gonna be asked to do or the instructions that we're gonna be given sometimes aren't gonna make sense, right? Like for example, Moses, right? When Moses was leading the children of Israel out of, the, out of Egypt into the wilderness and the Egyptians uh, were uh, chasing them, trying to capture them and bring them back into Egypt. Uh, they, you know, was running away from Egypt and came to the point where they were in the front of the Red Sea. Didn't have any way around the Red Sea. They didn't have a boat. They didn't have anything that could, you know, move them through the water. And we're, we're talking about like millions of people at this point, right? And Moses was like, you know, God, you brought us to this point. Uh, you know, I'm going to look to you to, to get us out of like this situation. And, you know, God asked him, like, what do you have? That was the question that he asked. And Moses was like, well, all I have is a staff in my hand. And God was like, okay, use that right extend the staff up once he did it the water we, we all know the story we've heard the story before the seed parted and the, you know the children of Israel were able to walk through walk through the Red Sea right God is able to use everything that we have to perform things that we can't even uh, fathom right it, it defies logic it goes against everything that we know right even David for example David knew that all he had was a slingshot. I just got this sling, I got you know, these little pebbles, but I'm, you know, I'm encountered with this, this, this large giant who wants to hurt my people, the people that I love and that, we, that I've grown to live around you know, up until this point in my life. And God was able to use what he had, right? Because he was obedient and he had faith. Um, and I think that's how we're gonna get through these many situations in our life, right? Regardless of what it is, man. You, you have to be able to, to ask yourself, what do I have? And be conscious about asking yourself that. Be intentional about asking yourself that. And be aware of everything that you have, not just your physical possessions, but those intangibles as well, right? The individuals that are around you, the access that you have to resources that are around you, um, and everything that's there that could be, uh, could be there to assist you in getting out of that position. So what do you have? is a super important 
principle as a question that we can ask ourselves, right? Because we always have more than enough, right? That should always be the answer. I have more than enough. I have everything that I need to get me out of this situation. It's going to take me being obedient. It's going to take me having uh, maybe a lot of faith, right? More faith than you've, than you've ever used or had in your life, right? And I always think, I always feel like these situations that we go through, right? As long as we follow the principles and, you know, we, we, we stay obedient, uh, we, stay, uh, we stay strong in our faith, it's going to, the only thing it's going to do is build us up, right? It's going, as, as we move through each season in our life and make it out of, out of things and, and situations that we don't know how we're going to get out of, but we always end up coming out on the other end, it strengthens our faith. It, it grows us as individuals. And I, I think it takes these many situations, you know, I, I spoke about in one of my earlier pods, you know, the, the peace cycle, right? We always being uh, promoted to a different, into a different season. We're being positioned in that promotion, and then we're being prepared for the next promotion. And that's, you know, we, we experience that in good times, when success, and we also experience, experience that in times that aren't so good, right? All the failures and the crises and the unexpected situations that, that happen. You know, just like Lurie from our last episode, you know, who, you, you know, we, we have no control over these natural disasters that we experience, right? Hurricane Dorian happened and totally changed the trajectory of her, her and her family's life, right? But you have other natural disasters like tornadoes, uh, cyclones, uh, tsunamis, you know, all of these things that we experience all around the world, right? And then not even just natural disasters, right? We have death of loved ones. We have all these things that affect us in so many ways, right? We, we lose our businesses, we lose our jobs. You know, there are, everyone is going to have these unexpected crisis moments in our lives. And I wanna encourage you to, when you experience these things, ask yourself, what do I have? Even if you don't think what you have is significant, what you have is always more than enough, all right? And that's what I wanted to share with you today. I was so inspired from our episode uh, last week that I wanted to just expand on it and kind of give you uh, my methods, right, or, or, or my, my thinking process or my mindset when I'm met with crisis, when I'm met in situations that I don't, you know, don't expect to happen. Uh, but I always ask myself, okay, what do I have? I look around and be like, okay, how, what can I use? Who can I speak to? Who can I ask uh, around me that can assist me in this particular uh, situation and almost every time you know I'm able to use whatever it is to get me out of the situation and I'm, I'm always in a in a better position once I make it out on the other end and I can guarantee you that you will as well all right uh, so this brings us to this portion of our episode where we're discussing our milestones right and this is where I am able to share you know a simple uh, uh, quote or a simple verse or a simple principle with you that you can use uh, in your day-to-day -day life. And today's milestone is pretty simple. It's, it's, a, it's a common verse that we all know in the Bible. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence, the evidence of things unseen. You know, the currency of our kingdom or the kingdom that we believe in, the kingdom that I believe in is faith. Right? We are nothing without faith. And if faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen, that means faith is 
is undescribable. It's it's you, you can't fathom what your faith can do, right? So you just have to uh, step out in faith, count on your faith, and trust that uh, God is going to give you everything that you need. Not everything that you want, but everything that you need to make it out of the situations that you're in, all right? Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen, all right? And the currency of our kingdom is faith, okay? So that brings us to the end of this particular episode. I, I really hope that you guys, uh, you know, go back and watch this particular episode a number of times, you know, because I, I, I do believe that we're, we're all going to face uh, these tragic times, these unexpected crises in our lives, right? And we're going to need to understand that we need to ask ourselves, even in those situations, what do I have? And everything that you have is more than you need, all right? As you know, on this pod, my goal and vision is always to entertain, educate, and elevate you miles high above your fears, your doubts, and any limitations that you may think exist, always knowing that those limitations only exist in your mind. Until next time, you guys stay blessed.